Salam everyone, welcome back to Two Sets. It's just me and Naf here today. If you haven't heard one of our Two Sets episodes before, um, it usually goes like this. Each of us bring um, and two overrated subjects and two underrated subjects to the virtual round table and we unpack it and debate it and leave it for our listeners to do the same. But this is our second Two Cents special episode where we're doing a Q&A and we take your submissions and unpack and debate them um, so that you are here at the virtual roundtable with us. So let's get started. Um, am I reading the first anon one, which is overrated? So someone said overrated is working in the office. My mood and general attitude towards my work has seriously improved being in my own space. I'm able to focus and have the control over my own workflow in non-existent commute time, eating when you want to eat, having the freedom to pray for as long as you need with privacy and using your own bathroom. She puts that in capitals. I even feel so much more energized to do the extra things around the home or meet up with family and friends because I don't feel as drained as I usually do. I recognize that it is a privilege to be able to work from home during this uncertain time, but I've had nothing but positive so far i agree with every single one of her points especially the own bathroom thing that is a, <laughs> that is such a blessing like i can't tell you like all the times that we've been in the office like the dread that i feel at having to go and do a door in those toilets or like just go to those toilets in general or any kind of public the, 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 the feeling of you could have a shower in the middle of the day because you want to bang in that you don't have to get on the central line and oh be in someone's armpit for an hour wicked what's that even uh, like I, now what is that like what is that like i was literally looking at the train yesterday and i was i looked at it and i was like february march april may just checking my maths for the podcast but uh, yeah i was looking at it and i was like i haven't been on the train in yeah. six months six months and i was yeah. like wow because remember sarah the whole of january i was working from home because i had my chest infection oh yeah most yeah. of february i was so mm-hmm. i've only this year i've only really been in the office for like two weeks That's so mad the fact that we've like not been in the office for this length of time I think because of like the comforts that she talks about, that's why yeah, probably gone so fast as well. Um, things seem a lot longer when you have like the drudgery of the day. It just seems nonsensical to rush your breakfast, get on a train, like Take your go laptop through to somewhere. Yeah, like and go <laughs> through have small talk. Yeah, God, all those miserable faces you had to look at on the train. Yeah, and just how much Honestly. that like how much that would have affected your day. Like how much ev- every one of us would have affected each other. Like the atmosphere and like everyone's sharing this like collective like drudgery of like the commute and then like packed lunches. I remember, I remember my um, other sister's husband. He was like working in the corporate world Mm. and he wanted to take a jump to start his own business. And I was obviously like, yeah, you can do it. Like egging you on. And he was like, you know, that morning commute where the way he described it, he was like, you know, you just hear the thuds of everyone like going up those escalators and just everyone in unison, just going, going, going. And the way he described it was like, this is the worst thing for my soul. He really felt it deeply. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, you know, every morning I'm I'm on that drudge and I just, I know this isn't, I'm heading to somewhere I don't want to go. And I kind of feel like the cons to all of this as well is that there is like this social, this like, 
uh, cocoon-like state that we're kind of mm. all living in. I, I just it. don't know. <laughs> as I was saying, like as I was saying it, I'm kind of like I don't, I don't know how much I can spin this to be like a bad thing. But at the same time, like I, I know that I just, I haven't really seen many people for like a very long time. You've seen friends though, Sarah, and family. I have, but then that's what makes me think like I don't know how how good that is for all of us like the fact that we're not like integrating quote unquote no, with... I don't, do you know what i don't think i need to integrate <laughs> i'll be really honest yeah, i don't i don't think um i genuinely genuinely do not think i'm being adversely affected <laughs> from so... my my just change in myself because if anything and i've seen quite a few people say this lockdown has um given me space to or I've given myself space to nurture friendships Mm. and I've actually come out the other end well I never know if we are at the end or what to call it but over the last six months I've nurtured a lot of friendships Mm. that in normal life just weren't being nurtured you know I've even made new friends in lockdown which is like how do you do that irony yeah yeah Yeah, Mm. and I feel like like while I may not be and I also do think I'm valuing seeing people more than you know like I do I go like work out once a week with a group of people and that's become like a little crew do you know what I mean that I wouldn't otherwise in normal life have been able to do that yeah I suppose it's about like choosing like having the option to choose where you expend your energy right whereas when we had to go out for our morning commute or make small talk with people at work, it's like, okay, obviously like, we don't like, we don't mind you lot, but it's like, if we had a choice, we'd rather use that energy up and like put it towards nurturing a friendship or whatever. Um, I don't know. Maybe I I suppose I'm looking for just kind of like the warning signs of like, because I'm just kind of defeated at this point. There's always something. I love it. I love it. It is pretty great. You know, it's little things as well. Like yesterday I had a barbecue. Yeah. And my hair stinks. Sorry, what? Yesterday you had a barbecue. Wasn't it torrential raining yesterday? Like all of yesterday? Not in South? No. Not here. Okay. Not in South. South. Okay. And I cooked a curry on the barbecue. Oh, that is quite a fire. Wow, wow, wow. Let me show you. It was the chicken, like it cooked very quickly and the chicken yeah. was full off the bone. Wait. Okay. And then that was the finished product. Okay, it cooked so quickly and then on the end call we made tea oh it's different cooking on a fire so so yeah my hair was stinking of barbecue Barbecue. smoke yeah and i was like but yeah and then i was like tomorrow if i was to go in the office i'd have to wash my hair tonight Mm -mm. and i didn't want to wash my hair on sunday night do you know what i mean and even that little you. like save of time do you know what yeah. I mean because if I wash my hair late on Sunday night it means I don't get to style it how it means I just got to sleep with like yeah, exactly. hair. then you get nightmares you know yeah. oh the other thing was um um basically someone wants to have a meeting with me yeah mm. and like they they were like oh I would love some um advice on like their business and things like that and I was like yeah cool I can do next Sunday yeah and then they're like, oh, is this in person or online? Because I won't be in London. And even the fact that they suggested in person, I was like, <laughs> like why would I meet you? Sorry, you know I, I was literally like, we're not meeting. Like, <laughs> online. That'd be ridiculous. 
but because that but that that okay that links back to my first point yeah of like because okay i'm 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 an advocate for working from home the holes are that it, it does like put that barrier up between like just like just having that social thing of like meeting someeting new or like Our going out it's not a social thing a meeting is a meeting but don't I have you... my social life for my social thing okay that's right, the so, thing okay all right but you know all the really amazing women that you've met through like working meetings and stuff like you've re- you've met some really incredible women right to be honest i've met most of them online like okay. when i think of shut my mouth like, honestly the the incredible women that i know are online forged online and we've probably actually met like once or twice. Are you content with that? Yeah. Forget about it then. Because the thing is, like for like for me, I I feel like I've got like my family, my core group of friends, mm. right? And then I've got like it's like layers, isn't it? And then I've got friendships, and then I feel like for me, I've got a lot of acquaintances mm. where I I wouldn't necessarily have like one on one coffee. Like, yeah. Or if I, it would be like very sporadically. That's yeah. not the core, the crux of our friendship. Mm. I suppose like it's, I mean? it's a matter, like when you look at it that way, it's also this thing of there's not a pressure to make a friend out of everyone anymore as well. Yeah, because exactly. I think we all had this. Or there's idea or of not like, by that same blueprint. Yeah, like this vast net, like vast network of people, and you don't really know how. Or like you can you can maybe categorize them, but you feel bad because you you also yeah. like meet. I don't know yeah it just takes the pressure off I guess and it allows you to nurture the because it's not really sustainable to nurture that many relationships especially in the which is why the fact that I've made friends over lockdown because it's a it's sustainable yeah our our friendship isn't based on how much we meet each other yeah you're so right yeah and I think for me I'm like actually really content with like the physical socializing that I have yeah and I think what I I really like the fact that now online meetings there's not a hierarchy because before mm. there was a hierarchy of like if you're meeting someone really important it has to be um, in person and you oh. have to go to them if they're more important than you then you you have to go to them if they're wow. really senior you have to go to them like there's that unwritten wow. rule and that hierarchy like and I was talking to someone who works like for a really big agency quite high up mm-hmm. and he was saying how their CEO did a talk at this event and then one of the big like brand people from that event was like oh we'd love to have a meeting with you and talk about Mm -hmm. our strategy and they're Mm -hmm. like a huge brand right and then she's like okay cool like send me details blah blah and she's based in London Sarah yeah she's she's as equally as like you know senior and busy but the the power play is that they would be paying them money as an agency right yeah and then they're like yep nine o'clock in I think it was Birmingham or Manchester and then he was like to me, she asked me to come to the meeting and she's like, this was just before lockdown. And she's like, there, he's like, there I am having to get on a train to get there for 9am or because if she had said no, it would look like this meeting's not important to her. Oh God, if, yeah. she had, if she had said, let's do this online, mm-hmm. it would look like the meeting's not important. Yeah, it's not yeah. worth my time to come and see you, right? Whereas, and then I think lockdown started coming in so they couldn't make the meeting. And then he was like, it was literally scheduled uh, three weeks ago, rescheduled for to be online. Mm-hmm. And she was like, but, but he's like, but this is the thing, if we didn't 
have lockdown, it would have been like a disrespect to not see them in person. That is so fascinating. Like, like while you're speaking, I'm just thinking like, it's so fascinating how the online world's managed to democratize so much. For yeah. It. it feels weird that we kind of needed this virtual work to kind of, to do, to be able to do that. So like, even, even with like online learning, like people are yeah. like, people who have needed to be at home for like medical yeah. conditions and stuff have been asking for online learning for ages and universities have just said it's not possible and now because all of, of a sudden all of a sudden everyone yeah everyone's mm. going online for the foreseeable future yeah and it's, it's again it's that and some people were saying like the fact that people like because some people are saying that you shouldn't have to pay the same fees for online learning and some people are like it that that inherently is why online learning hasn't been a thing because people Mm. see it as a devaluation of the learning um but yeah for whoever submitted that i'm with you more energy more time more everything and i love it thank you thank you very much now this is this one i think is probably going to be mainly for you <clears throat> so negs at negs.manir on instagram um has sent this to us um i'd love to hear your opinions on wanting to pursue entrepreneurship um but having strict parents in the way of achieving such goals what would you do what would i do um well let me have a think so I think that while I really I really have never ever called myself an entrepreneur and I really I don't know I just I find it very strange when someone calls me an entrepreneur I don't know I don't know if it's is it because you associate entrepreneur with a different type of like um well like a different category of business ownership i'm just looking up entrepreneur a person who sets up a business oh hello (laughs) um i think it's i think part of it is like the connotations with it Mm. i've always felt like a a, a, maybe i don't know maybe part of it is imposter syndrome maybe part of it is like not liking the connotations of it I always feel like the people who use the word entrepreneur are quite wanky so <laughs> wanky is my favorite word ever. I say that every time I use it <laughs> I love it so much it's so much even though I started and run a business I don't actually advocate for people to run businesses like just like that or in the first instance. Um, And what I would say is I understand why parents have an aversion to people starting businesses Mm. as part of forging their career because 90% of businesses fail, right? Mm. And it is very unstable. It is very difficult. It is very hard. And ultimately, you know, a lot of our parents do want stability for us. They want like, you know, all these things that actually aren't attributed to starting a business. Mm. Um, And so obviously I don't know this person's circumstance in terms of like, what, what is it that makes their parents strict um, and what is it specifically that is stopping them? But I think part of it is sometimes 
I think what I found for myself is firstly, it was like really bringing, firstly, just, just doing stuff without like talking the talk. Because yeah. I think a, a lot of people feel like they have to go through the motions of setting up on Companies House, starting an Instagram page, doing all this like promotion of I'm starting something. And then like, how many times have you seen that? And then that's it that's that's the end of the journey right and I think part of it is just building your own momentum by yourself to work on things that you you want to see in the world and you want to put out in the world and then I think part of it for my parents and particularly my dad because I studied um science and I did really well in my degree as well so I it was like a no-brainer of like Mm. why wouldn't you go into the industry Mm. um and my dad definitely thought it was like a phase that I was going through. Um, but I think he realised more and more that it was like something I was actually pursuing, something I was doing, something I was getting results from. And I think that, I think it's normal for parents to have that level of like, mm, not sure what's happening here. So I think if you can, then just working like incrementally on mm. it and when the time is right bringing them into the journey of it because I think what I've found is a lot of people who say oh my parents don't get what I do or what Mm -hmm. I'm working like what I'm trying to do and blah blah they've never really properly sat down to bring them in on it Mm. like for example like I do take my parents to like events and award shows and stuff like that like you know when we did the event with Waterstones last year like my dad Mm. came and like I do bring them in to to let them see like this is what I actually spend my time doing and what I'm working on and it makes a huge difference like huge Mm. difference um even stuff like you know taking them to your office or if you obviously if you're just starting out and don't have an office like even just like um just bringing them in you know like showing them what you're doing showing them what you're working on um so yeah it's hard for me to give like specifics because obviously I don't know this person's situation and how strict their parents are and you know even working on something incrementally is that an issue and things like that but I think it does come down to, for, for me my first point of call is like what is my communication with like with them generally yeah. like if we're not even doing how are you's and how's me asking them how their work is and things like that then how can I expect that line of like open communication and being like, oh, I'm working on this. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I was going to say like um, that uh, flashing back to life before Amalia, when you were talking about how you started up Amalia, like that whole lead up to it. I remember asking you a question about your savings um, and I kind of likened this question to that question I asked because it's just a matter of it being a blocker right um yeah to to what you want to achieve and it's and they're quite substantial blocks like if you don't have them in place it's yeah it's about what can you do in the meantime and like how do you be yeah. tactful right so it's kind of yeah. like a very similar blueprint and I think you said to me that you would have um worked alongside doing because it just so happened that you had the right amount of savings to be able to take a career break and start Amalia and like go through the accelerator and stuff and you said that if you hadn't had the savings ready you would have continued working and did Amalia and like um, worked on Amalia alongside your your job until you had enough money to take that break and the thing is like it it wasn't just a case of like I woke up and I was like right gonna make this happen like 
I had been putting in the work in various forms for like two, three years prior, mm -hmm. you know, going to events, learning, finding mentors, like reading books and stuff like that. So it was like getting myself to a base where I felt like if I take this leap, I've tried to equip my, you know, I learned to code. Like I've, I've tried to equip myself without putting me and my livelihood and my stability at risk yeah. as much as I can. Yeah. And I've now reached the point where to move forward, mm -hmm. I need to take some level of risk. Yeah. So off the back of that, I think like a really good thing to, to highlight here as well for like, um, your question in particular, uh, next, I'm <laughs> not sure what your full name is, that it's all, it's all just about tact and it's all just about mm. preparation. And so like what you were saying about bringing your parents in is just like, there's a right time to do that. So like it's yeah. minimizing the risk and taking accountability for the stability that your parents are probably concerned about in your, like mm. in your, in your leap to entrepreneurship, right? That's the, yeah. that might be the block that's there is that they're worried about your, your, like career trajectory or income trajectory yeah. and so if you take the the right measures to secure yourself and then bring them in at the right time it might be yeah. like less of a block and it, it it's the same with whether you have money to take a career break or not right it's all the prep that you did so, yeah yeah like my parents didn't know I had like this idea for like two years three years yeah like, yeah makes sense you know trying to figure it out because because I also I think sometimes we do expect friends family to support us before we're anywhere near anything do you yeah. know yes. and I, you know you see it on social media of like oh your day ones won't support you I don't know what you're doing yeah you yeah. know what I mean well, I was gonna say it can also work against you to do that as well because like if people cannot if 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 people can't share your vision because and it's understandable that they can't because you haven't you haven't yeah. materialized much of it yet yeah anything that they say might actually put you off so like it can actually yeah. be a blessing in disguise that maybe your parents are kind of adverse to the idea that you want to yeah. get on this journey because it's it's just like it's just about taking the measures proving that you can do it proving it to yourself yeah. first and then and you might find that you can't you might find it's not the right time and that's mm. fine mm. you know and then you won't have also people kind of having this like vision of you idea of you which is is wrong to begin with but this idea that you you constantly flop right on like these yeah. ideas and it will come out in their language and their behaviors whenever you do have a new idea so yeah I think it's all tact um well I think when people keep say advise you to keep things to yourself it's not to perpetuate some kind of toxic like mistrust yeah. of people it's more so that like understandably people time. won't share your vision yeah they won't share your yeah. vision they'll they'll be worried for you and it will come out in them either being highly critical of your idea yeah. or being really strict and not wanting you to pursue something yeah um, and you know you know sometimes and I've I've found this I'm like I people you see more in what you're trying to do than other people will when mm. you haven't done anything. Mm. And it's unfair to expect people to fill in all those gaps and read between the lines of what you're saying and what you've done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, totally. So I don't know if that was helpful for you, but... We hope you become an entrepreneur. Right, um... So that other Nigerian girl who you may remember from our 
Bookstagram Takeovers said she wanted us to discuss the prevalence of Muslim girls marrying out of the religion these days. And she said, I don't know if it's the same abroad, but in Nigeria, it's fast becoming the norm and understandably so, if I'm being honest, because a lot of Nigerian Muslim men leave nothing to hope for where their character and adab is concerned. And the non-Muslim guys will go all out for these ladies, not justifying it, of course not. I'm bringing up the topic because it's very alarming. And I myself have been subject to wooing from many non-Muslim men. And only Allah's Rahmah has kept me firm in my deen. Did we talk about this in um, our Two Cents special episode? Um, I think Simon touched on the fact that because of her age, which I believe was in her 40s, mm-hmm. that people were saying to her that, like, basically, you're going to have to settle and get with a non-Muslim. And she was kind of like, I don't think I have to settle. Yeah. Um, so it was seen as like, oh this is like your last chance mm. and I guess what um at the other Nigerian guy Shas is saying is that she's seeing a lot more Muslim women getting with non-Muslim guys mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like um also talked about I feel like it's something that I actually remember talking about with every one of the girls in that episode like I think yeah Rakea sticks out to me so does Saima so does Zina Raifa Raifa yeah it was, yeah actually it, all yeah, of them all were of just them. like we're trying we're trying really hard yeah really it just kept difficult. coming back to that thing right and I don't think it yeah. took so much of like for anyone who has listened to the episode you'll know that it it, it didn't take much of the, the spotlight of the episode we didn't like yeah. we didn't put that much emphasis on it but in reality um it was something that cropped up in all of our conversations. It was, it was just yeah. this thing of like, oh, how come like non-Muslim guys are coming through? Um, they're yeah. doing the wooing, they're doing the work. They're also, their edab is on point. Like we have so much in common. And there, there was also yeah. the thing of like, when you go into the workplace, it's not like your sport for choice. Yeah, With yeah, exactly. Guys, especially here in, in the UK, like yeah. you're going into the workplace and, you know, if you don't fancy the five, one of the five, <laughs> yeah, five, so, yeah. 500 people, then, yeah. you know, that's that. Um, it's a really difficult, because um, I, I know that like in my personal circle, I've also had like a lot of friends who have um, decided that that is the route for them. And they are like, have, you know, they're, they're at peace with that decision. And it's, you know, something that I've like, been forced to like contemplate on right as a reality for 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 women um my age older and younger like it is a it's a real reality there are so many women who are um choosing this course and I think you know obviously there is like a whole thick kind of like aspect to all of this which is not like the discussion I think we're gonna have but I think it's more just highlighting that this is definitely an issue and um that you know there are like if one of many of the kind of obstacles out there for muslim women to marrying muslim men is that there there doesn't seem to be that many pools or pockets of of options i feel like that's the the main kind of like recurring problem right that that yeah. people talk about I don't know I don't know where do you even start with where do you even I, th- start I remember with when um someone wrote on Dina Tokyo's blog and got huge backlash because obviously Dina Tokyo's got a big platform Mm. 
and she was basically outlining here are all the reasons why I think it was like why Muslim women can or are basically looking at non-Muslim men as an option to like be with long term right and I remember the level of backlash like it it got so much backlash like it's unbelievable Mm. and I I really struggle with this conversation because I I feel like there is definitely a group of people who see it as like yeah it's fine like you know it is what it is and you know it's really difficult to find someone and yeah if that someone is non-muslim then we'll like work with it Mm. and I almost feel like I feel really conservative and backwards Mm. for feeling like that's not something that Mm. is in our deed but it's so but it's so funny how like even like the hesitancy with which you say that because it's almost like you're taking a like a a very personal kind of um uh, approach to because I mean especially when it comes to relationships as well like you kind yeah. of have to uh, like be so careful not to uh, to offend anybody yeah yeah, but, yeah. but it and but I, it, I guess so... it is it's my personal thing like yeah. one of my friends she's Muslim and she's currently seeing a Christian guy she's like one of my really really close friends mm. and her thing is like you know I'm I'm not sure like and I didn't realize that this would be such a big issue for me because she has been open to mm. non-Muslim guys in the past and then she was like to me well what would you do mm. and I was like you know what I would do like you know for me like it's a deal for me it's a deal breaker mm. if he's not Muslim then like the conversation's over mm. whereas I know for a lot of other people in my life like it's 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 not a deal breaker for them yeah. it's like actually if he's got good values if he's got good character if he's got all these things and for them it's like they're they're really 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 struggling yeah to find someone that's muslim and that sits yeah you know yeah i guess it's one of those things where like when when you're talking about it from the outside perspective of if it not being something an issue that's relevant to you or like something that you align with it's one of those things where you kind of have to put it down to um this is the this is like there are all aspects of our deen that we all struggle with right but it's a matter of not not saying that it is quote unquote okay when it is not um and that's a very it's a hard thing to say it is exact as i was just going to say like you can parallel it with the hijab conversation you can parallel it with so many things it's that it's this matter of like we can definitely all take into account like the variables and the struggle and our individualities and our personal circumstances and also the respect issue of just like that is your decision and I don't have a platform to judge you on that decision at the same time I cannot say in good conscience with with my understanding of what fic I do know that that is okay when it when it is not Um, yeah and I I think for me it also personally goes beyond it also being a fic conversation because for me like it's I, I don't want to be with someone who's not Muslim like that is you know like I Islam is very important to me in my day-to-day lifestyle and that's not me saying that someone who is with a non-Muslim Islam's not important to them yeah, I'm saying for me absolutely I I would want my partner to be Muslim yeah. it's, it's know, definitely it's, a personal it's a it's 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 it's, it's 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 just got to be a personal decision a personal journey and a and a, and that is why it is 
one of those um, areas that are very difficult to comment on because you really, really don't want to offend like your sisters. Yeah. You don't want to yeah, say, yeah, yeah. like put you in that box of like, you're doing something haram, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. I think we can all understand from a place of like, just human beings that yeah. it is very, very difficult to navigate uh, companionship and intimacy in this world, no matter who it's with. And yeah. you know, it, it, it reserves no place for judgment whatsoever yeah and I I I totally understand the struggle because you know I I see you know like some of my friends who I I see what they're contending with and like these apps and stuff like that and I'm like it is really difficult and one of the things we talked about in the two cents marriage podcast was like you know that fine line between like we want to tell people oh it's okay and this this that but if someone really wants that for their life or if someone's struggling to find it and all those things like what what can you really say yeah yeah I don't know man this this whole like this whole area is like it's tough it's really tough yeah but I I think where Aisha's question was coming from is she is seeing it across a lot of different people in a lot of different communities, a lot of different mm-hmm. Muslim women, a lot of different communities. And it is definitely, and, yeah. Yeah, and again, it's similar to the hijab conversation in that whole, like, a lot of people want to have a conversation about why are people taking the hijab off, right? Yeah. Yeah. And again, it, it yes, it is very personal, but it's also something that's happening across the yeah. board. Yeah. And so it's that, it's that, it's that careful balance of, like, not taking away not making like people's personal mm. struggles and personal life and personal things up for like discussion mm. and debate because it, absolutely it's, it's not it's not yeah it's not but it's not but people's personal circumstances are not up for debate however yeah. when it comes it's to the fit, wider conversation yeah though, absolutely I, I, I think you know it would it would it would be a betrayal to yourself if you if you said that something was a if you are understanding something that was okay in the word like from the word of Allah that wasn't okay you have to be able to like acknowledge that and do what you believe is is right and aligns with what your understanding Mm. is right and at the same time you're right it's just striking that perfect balance of making sure that personal people's personal journeys and circumstances are not up for discussion you know yeah that's the, yeah. that's kind of the approach I have always had. Like I remember, if people come to me for advice and um, yeah. or like if people just come to vent or talk to me, like I kind of will always say, like I'm coming from this place of like you know what, it's not okay, but make sure that this is a safe space for you that you can be able to talk yeah. about this and that you're not. And you, that's judged. the thing, you can be supportive and not judge that person for the things that they're doing that Absolutely. you would just do. You know that is life in a nutshell. Because remember, like you could like fall off your own belief system in a second. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Your life literally could, you know, I could be saying this today and then fall off my be- belief system. I would I hope not. Yeah. But, like to the, to stuff that is here and good for me and for for my hereafter. I mean, but so like intricate. Yeah, like we're not like this is why it's just so important. Like none of us are on a pedestal, especially with these conversations. Yeah yeah i'm i'm glad that we had this discussion as well because i think it's it's an important one parallel to the hijab conversation um all right everybody that's it for this week's 
uh, two cents Q&A. Thank you to everybody who uh, gave us your submissions. Um, we hope you found some khair in it. Um, if anybody wants to drop us a submission anonymously or otherwise, if you want us to give us a shout out, uh, drop us a DM on Instagram at Amali underscore com or on Twitter at Amali underscore tweets. Um, you can also submit to our type form, which is totally anonymous. If you click the link in our bio on our Instagram page and you've got the handle there. Um, you can also send an email to us at contribute at malia.com if you want to <laughs> and yeah we will be back for another two cents episode next week inshallah with uh, Selena so thank you to everybody who listened and we'll see you on the next one like share and subscribe toodaloo